Welcome back to the Women's Start Can Weekly podcast. As usual, I'm Amy Jones, and today it's just me and you, Tilda Price. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Quite tired, but this week I'm not ill, which is a plus. There's always something to complain about, isn't there? Oh, yeah. No, we're positive. Positive vibes on this podcast. We're not complaining. Is Is your microphone on? Yeah, I think it was just way too loud. Hilda's fiddling with some dials. I'm either turning this up or down. Let's hope it's down. <laughs> <laughs> Please keep that in. Um, <laughs> yes, we're just being us too. Missed it. I know. We've got a third wheel the last couple yeah. of weeks. But no, we, we liked it though. Rachel yeah. and Cypher were very good additions, I think. Hopefully everybody else agrees. Uh, yeah, it's just back to business as usual this week. We've got a guest on the podcast. We've got some news. So should we get stuck in? Yeah, why not? Cool. Okay, so let's do the news first and then I'll introduce this week's guest, which is something a little bit different actually this time. Um, so yeah, news wise, first up, uh, this is just on chronological order i.e. the last thing I remember happening, which is that Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, this race was meant to be the Wednesday. Wednesday. International Wednesday. Um, oh, yes. Um, uh, yeah, Wednesday's 1.1 race in Belgium, GP, that was a really weird way of saying that. Um, <clears throat> on Wednesday, GP Oettingen, Oettingen, yeah. Uh, a 1.1 race in Belgium was cancelled due to snow. It was the third edition of the race and it got called off because there was loads of snow, which seems to have happened all across Northern Europe because my parents have been sending me a lot of snowy photos from the UK. Tilda, is it snowing where you are? It's just it's raining, snowing. sadly. Um, that's what you get for living in the South. <laughs> um, next up, we've got the... Women's Tour have announced the route for this year's race. Lots of route announcements happening in the last few weeks. This time, not so great. Well, it's a good route, I guess, but like no shade on the organisers, but it's shorter than usual. Um, It's how many stages is it inside? Four, five? Uh, It's five stages with the last one being a circuit race. So four road stages. Four road stages. And one crit, mm. which is yeah, unfortunately, you know that that race used to kind of be a bit of a bastion of like how women's races should be what won, run, <laughs> um, and it's kind of I think due to funding and resources, just kind of taken a bit of a backward step in the last few years, which is pretty sad to see. In fact, Tilda, you've put in the notes here that um. Apparently, it's in danger of being cancelled due to half a million pounds in funding shortfall. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, the Telegraph are reporting that five hundred five hundred thousand pounds shortfall, and they were in the in the release of the the route. They were putting out a call for sponsors, 
um saying a title sponsor for the race but also i think i think i read that three out of four of the jerseys are also lacking sponsors which is yeah a difficult position to be in so we hope that it does go ahead and i think it's good on the organizers that they're kind of pushing on with it right now they're planning it trying to make it happen rather than um holding off but but yeah there there are some gaps that need to be filled if that if that race is going to start at the start of june yeah, it's quite sad and also I think just indicative of the state of racing in the UK at the minute, which is kind of struggling a lot, I, I guess, due to due to the general situation over there in terms of cost of living and all the rest of that. Charter calls not racing Drenda. Uh this is we're finding out the news live right live now. live <laughs> me ha- i definitely read these notes before before we start recording you know what usually i do but it's been a day well you could just um, say that you're delivering it with you know emotion <laughs> yeah exactly uh, yeah actually maybe we should start doing that you should just give me the news blind and i just react live react <laughs> amy reacts to this week's like, <laughs> <laughs> no way okay so she's out no weavers oh no sorry right no, literally, I'm just reading it live without <laughs> actually finishing the sentence. <laughs> um, but Balsamo and Cool um, Balsamo and Weavers are both racing, I believe. Is that right? Yes, but we won't get the kind of three-way showdown with Charles de Cool. Which that is a shame. I feel like I'm just I'm looking forward to every time that Charles Cool and Arena Weavers race against each other. So to be deprived is just sad. That is sad due to sickness, she says. Mm. Recovery is going well. Well, get well soon, Charlotta. Oh, and important news, very important news, in fact, which Tilda has just delivered with the forward, the horse is okay. For anybody who didn't know, for anybody who hasn't been on social media, uh, the horse that got itself involved in last week's Strada Bianchi, causing Demi Vollerin to issue a harrowing scream, actually. Um... <laughs> And then the horse promptly fell over, which was, I was really sad to see. But turns out she, because it is a she. Because this so is a she women's en- race. Oh, she sure. entered the right race, exactly. Uh, she's okay. Her name is Zlatana, I think it was. Um, and she's fine. Apparently she's on antibiotics, not sure why, but there we go. In some nice news, Ellen Van Dyke has announced that she is pregnant. She's expecting her first child in September, which explains why we haven't really seen her this year. We, everyone was kind of wondering where she was during some of the early season races. And she definitely is missed from the peloton. She's one of those riders that you notice when she's not there. Um, but happily for her, it's because she's expecting her first child. So yeah, due in September. And she said that she's targeting next year's Olympics in Paris for the time trial. So She's got, we were just trying to calculate this before we started recording. She's got plenty of time to come back. She's got 10 months. So yeah, congrats to her. Finally, um, cyclocross rider Katarina Nash has been cleared after an adverse analytical finding that was the result of some medication that she was giving to her dog, which was sadly dying. Any more details on this, Tilda, that I've missed here? Essentially, she was giving her dog some medicine. It got into her bloodstream. It produced an adverse analytical finding. And 
Yeah, so she was, um, I can't remember the exact term for the ruling, but it's something like unintentional doping or something, which apparently is not as bad. Uh, so yeah, it's been quite a f- difficult time for her, I think. So it's uh, good to see that come to a conclusion. I have no real take on the conclusion itself, but the UCI seem satisfied with that. So yeah. Um, Important to know that isn't she the vice president or something? She's got. Some... She is. She is. She's. Yeah. She is involved quite high up, I think, on the. Yeah. Uh, with the UCI, obviously not accusing anything there. Uh, but yeah. So are we going to see her racing again? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know because it's been a long time, hey. It has, and she is forty-five years old. So. Who knows? But anyway, I guess she'll be relieved that all that's over. And like you say, I, I mean, I don't really know enough about the the substance, the situation. I'm I'm loath to kind of say that there's anything untoward if that has been ruled that there wasn't. So yeah. That's that. And that was the news. That was the week, unless Tilda can think of anything that I have missed or anything that's gone on. Anything to say, Tilda shouldn't think of anything because she wrote this list. No, I, th- I think that is it. There's um, not loads of news, but loads and loads of stuff to read this week. So do def- definitely go out and um, check out the newsletter. There's a lot of really nice stuff because it's obviously been International Women's Day. So everyone's put a little bit extra effort in which is nice so yeah uh go and go and catch up with that even though it's been a slightly quieter week for news i feel like once we get into racing the news does just dry up because too much to focus on yeah the, the news kind of become the racing becomes the news i mm. guess and then anything that comes out of the racing oh actually one additional piece of well it's not not news yet but just a lot of other places are across it so it's worth mentioning that there's a current an ongoing kind of investigation I guess into whether or not Kristen Faulkner was wearing a continuous glucose monitor at Strade Bianchi there were photos that kind of showed that she might have had one of those little devices under her jersey which are banned in races so you're not actually allowed to wear them unless obviously you're diabetic uh so the UCI have said that they're looking into that they've given statements to a few other outlets to say that they're looking into it but they haven't actually come to any conclusion yet on it so that's it and speaking of Strada Bianchi this week's guest is photographer Jojo Harper who I am sure most people listening to this podcast would be familiar with she's got some amazing work in women's cycling uh, if you saw the photo from the Tour de France fam last year of the two little girls wearing the polka dot t-shirts hugging each other, I think I feel like that went round everywhere. That was Jojo. Uh, she works with the Trek Segafredo team most of the time. She also ha- works for SRAM and Morton. So she's embedded within kind of teams usually. And her her thing is getting kind of the emotion and the behind the scenes shots more than just in race action images and I I think it's a really great perspective that she gives um yeah and so she 
she actually lives in Drona. We're actually, full disclosure, we are friends. <laughs> and we met for a coffee and it's quite relaxed. But yeah, we had a, a chat about her her time at Strada Bianca, what it was like, what she enjoyed, what she saw, and also just about being a photographer and a mom and what her job entails. So let's hear from Jojo. Welcome to the podcast, Jojo Harper. For anyone who doesn't know, Jojo is a photographer from the UK who works in all different sports but has worked in cycling for a long time and now mostly works for the Trek Segafredo team. Uh, Jojo, I'll let you introduce yourself. How are you doing today? All good, thank you, Amy. We uh, went for a little bike ride yesterday. Amy and I did an hour, an hour and a half. Feeling quite tired. Yeah, it was quite, <laughs> quite, quite a, a lot. It was a big ride for us. <laughs> big ride. Got lost. Fair to photograph and talk about cycling rather than actually do it. Yeah. But all good. A bit sleepy. Having a, having a baby does that. But yeah, all good. Excellent. Yeah, so actually quite a novelty. We're sat in a cafe in Girona. Normally we're on Zoom when we have a guest on the podcast. So this is quite nice. I should feel honoured. I do. I feel honoured to be in your presence, Jojo. Um, but yeah, Jojo is here today because we wanted to ask her about last weekend's Strada Bianchi because you were there, weren't you, taking photos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was one of my favourite races of the year, if not favourite race. So um, I'm not doing as many races this year, but for sure that was one of the ones that I, I definitely wanted to be at. So what is it about Strada Bianchi? Uh, I think it's a mixture of scenery. I mean, it's uh, it's it's beautiful and it's it's interesting and it's um, you know so photogenic and it's kind of a mixture of beauty and absolute chaos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, for me, the kind of because I like to do all the uh, I don't know natural kind of more behind the scenes emotional moments you normally get that at the end of Strada because they're normally covered in dust or mud and they you know they go pretty hard right to the finish and there's a lot of people collapsed on the floor a lot of emotion and um, yeah it's just beautiful to photograph them um, they, they really kind of roll over the line and like they were in the stage race kind of all chilled and relaxed there's a bit more like I say chaos and emotion so for me that's great <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's the thing with like these iconic one-day races is that people give so much more, so you do get that kind of emotion on their faces, and also the kind of backdrop of the race is almost as like is iconic. So like to shoot, so for example, Roubaix would be the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's a like it's a shot that every photographer takes every year, but each year it's pretty spectacular seeing a peloton with a kind of low-flying helicopter and just a sea of just dust coming towards you over just beautiful landscape it's yeah it's amazing um like i said it's a shot that most photographers take most years but um i don't know i feel like it's it takes a while to get bored of that um so so i mean at there like this year the weather was it was actually really good we kind of had a mixture i've done it but one year it was snowing and absolutely freezing which was incredible to photograph, although I was so cold. Like Sounds people, fun. <laughs> people caked at the end, kind of in mud. And then there was obviously the year after COVID, 
that was 40, 40 degrees. Um, oh, in was, summer. Yeah, yeah, which was equally as brutal. So those two really stand out. But yeah, just, just generally, it's a nice race. I love Italy. Nice. And this edition, like some of the behind the scenes, where were you on the course? Like, or how does it work for those who don't know? Like when you're photographing away. So, so someone, someone like Trek, they because they have a men and a women's team. Um, they they have like a group of bid on guys, and they are basically placed on on the course. Um, the problem is like that they get to like they know the roads like the back of their hands and they get to they get to so many stops. Um, the problem is with those guys is because I'm focusing on the women they they have to wait for the men, which means I can't get to the finish of the women. Um, so I can't go with them and then I could have gone myself, uh, but then I get all flustered and stressed about finding out like you know, getting lost, getting caught in the race, whatever. When I'm when my job really is just to take photos, um, or I could go with the Swannies, but again, the Swannies weren't going to the finish. So I'm also I also work for Shram, and they had a they were doing uh, wheels and bottles, so they kindly took me under their wing. And I, I went with them, and I think we did three stops. Um, which yeah, like I said, I, I had a, my own hire carts. Like I could have done that, but it just takes the stress out of it to have someone else driving you around. Um, yeah, so Strada is one of the easier ones. Like Strada, Roubaix, Flanders, like the classics. Generally, you can stop in a few spots as well as start and finish. It's the stage races that kind of A to B straight line. Mm-hmm. Always struggle to get any any action. Sorry, I went away from the microphone, I'm back. And now she's rustling her coat everywhere. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, and so, this particular... When you're actually photographing the race, do you really get to see much of the action? No. <laughs> no, like, you, you just said, oh, yeah, my pup's on the front, and I was like, what? No, yeah. Literally, no. I, my... I've got Oliver, my nearly husband. Um... So he's always watching the race, and then my cousin, who loves cycling, is always watching the race. And the most I know, I message them basically, and they're watching it, and they tell me what's happening because I have no idea, <laughs> literally no idea, and until I get to the finish. Um, but even then, I get to the finish maybe with like five k to go or something. It's pretty tight. Mm-hmm. So no, basically, I get to the finish with absolutely no idea at all. <laughs> what about the finish of this year? <laughs> no, that was interesting, wasn't it? You witnessed it. First hand, it was. Um, do you know what? It worked really well for me because, as well as Trek, I also um, I also shoot for Morton, and they're they're basically focus on a different athlete each race, and the athlete they wanted to focus on this race was Lotta, <laughs> so it worked. I was like, oh, if you know, if 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 it's like Lotta, if it's like Trek. Trek win and Lotta's just behind, or I'd really, str- I'd be torn because obviously they're both yeah, important right. clients, but mm-hmm. it worked quite. It worked well in that actually all the attention was on Demi, <laughs> and I was shooting Lotta. Um, but yeah, it was. I think there were conflicting views. I mean, f- for me, I didn't. Like I said, I didn't really know what was going on. Jojo <laughs> was texting me. I didn't even know why. Like who won? <laughs> yeah, no idea. Oh, to be fair though, it was a, I didn't realize no, it was knew. so close. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was like, yeah, it was. Um, 
just after the finish line was an interesting atmosphere, but I think it then kind of everyone lightened up and it, you know, at the end of the day, they're a good team and they got first and second. For sure. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit icy there for a sec. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty amazing to watch. Um, so yeah, but um, but yeah, like I said, normally it's it's I had a bit of time. Unfortunately, a few um, track down a few riders because everyone's ill. So, um, so yeah, I had a bit of time to shoot to shoot Lotta before uh, Spratty and the rest of the our riders came over. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a few there are a few girls on the floor, a few ladies, a few women on the floor. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, making a showing showing their exhaustion which is always quite cool to shoot but Trek stayed upright and so did um, so did the, uh, so did Lotta so they were kind of didn't look tired enough really really <laughs> you wanted them to be like <laughs> want them to be on the floor I mean, rolling um, around in yeah. agony it is crazy though when you get someone rolling it is you kind of it's a really weird um, it's like I don't want to compare it to being a war photographer because it's not, but it's a similar emotion in that I remember at Roubaix last year there was an FTJ rider, I can't remember who it was, covered in blood, like shaking, pale, outside the Roubaix showers, just like this guy was not okay, waiting for the ambulance. Oh, a man? No, it was, he's, from, he's from England. Well, Lewis Askey. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's like, I, I think. Uh, Somebody wrote about it. I think, yeah, I someone bought a picture. I just remember me. seeing him and being like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was that thing of, it's totally inappropriate. Is it totally inappropriate to take to take a picture, or is this something he he'd want to see and look back on mm. and be like? And most people like either avoid it or just take a picture and just kind of do their thing. And in the end, I asked. I just, I just said, "Hey, do you mind? Is there something you'd want?" Or and he was like, "Yeah, yeah go for it." And he was too out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but there's definitely that. If someone's really not okay, mm. then for sure, I put the camera down. But um, it's a kind of most of the time it's drama. It's just ex- like exhaustion and kind of. Not be that happy, even though they're kind of rolling around on the floor. Yeah, so. I guess. <laughs> I guess it's a race where it's like if you finish, then you're pretty happy about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was my first. It was my first race back in a while since Tour de France Femme, so it was. It was definitely nice to be back. Um, and yeah, Roubaix is the other one that I'd love to be at this year, but unfortunately, she's getting married, everyone. Unfortunately, or fortunately, she's getting married. <laughs> So, unfortunately, hopefully not. <laughs> well, I'm fortunate that I'm not at Ruben. Yes. Because Trek have had a, the first two editions, they've done pretty well, so third time lucky. Yeah, you were that. You were pregnant though, at the first one. When pregnant at the won. first one. I had a four month old at the second one. <laughs> Having a break. Getting married in the third one. What am I going to go next year? Second baby. There we go. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> yeah. So, um, to the yeah. point on like talking about kind of. Sorry about taking like the the more human shots. I think it's quite an interesting thing, like because like for me, for example, I'm usually more interested in like the human stories as well, rather than like just you know race analysis. Because there is a big difference, or like there's I think there's something 
more impactful usually in those shots than there is in just like a in-race picture like you might get like a pain face in the race or like someone doing but like they're all it's quite hard I imagine to make shots of a peloton or shots of riders off the front look different or yeah yeah whereas at least if you've got like the finish line photos where they're all like faces screwed up like it's it's more compelling like it's more I think for me I I I, you know you can turn on the tv and see all those peloton shots you don't need me to take pictures of that like they're there like everyone sees it it's not like for me like what would be really interesting is to kind of take an athlete and I know it's been done many times before but um, to kind of spend time with them even throughout the season and build a long story on their kind of their home life like oh, their home life their, their everything and yeah like I said it's a story on the athlete rather than and actually you don't even need a pitch and pitches on racing really like, mm. I care more I'm really interested in mothers, and maybe that's because I'm a mother. But yeah. in all sports, the, the way kind of balancing being a professional athlete with being a mother, I, that's a story I really want to tell. There's more and more of it in cycling now as well. Which yeah, is yeah, yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, for me, I kind of feel like one. It's actually really hard if you're focusing on one team to spot them. When you're, when you're shooting yeah. I can never <laughs> um, but yeah more to the point I think if you want to watch the action turn on the TV it's it's the it's the stuff you know behind the podium and in the hotel and even at home That that's what people don't see and that's what interests me because mm-hmm. ultimately that's kind of what contributes to towards the race yeah yeah and even like in the race like for me one of my favourite shots of yours from the Tour de France last year was I think a lot of people like this one the most was the two girls hugging are you okay? no it's so funny it's my dad who my dad has got a very good idea he's like did you know that that those those two girls are out of focus (laughs) I was like oh no I didn't notice that I put my glasses on I was like, that's maybe naughty and creative. <laughs> no, it was, I actually did have one of them in focus, but it just was a bit like, meh. What, what would have really made it for me is to have those girls out of focus and actually have the peloton in the background. Mm. Or the helicopter or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, that did go a bit, I didn't expect people to kind of, I guess it was like the, you know, young generation of female cyclists and that was kind of... Yeah. I guess it like represented who they hope to inspire with having that race, I guess. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Girls. But I didn't... I did think about it when I took it, but I didn't think it would get that much attention. Mm-hmm. But I'm not complaining. Okay. <laughs> and actually, to go back to the door, you did the whole Tour de France with Baby Winter in tow. Yeah. And we talked about this for an interview with Ruler, which I think people listening to this might have read. Um... But, yeah, how, how was that, really? Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I'm really glad I did it. Um, I really wanted to be at, that, at the Tour de France. I, um, luckily, winter was a, is a really adaptable baby. So we, you know, we could just take her around. She was young enough that we could do that. Um, I, I think in her, like... We got to 11, well, I got to, you know, she was about 11 months, and then I fully cracked, to be honest, because 
we had no sleep routine. Um, I've been travelling the globe with her for since she was four months. I think the, I think Oliver was exhausted because he was also looking after her and doing the driving and the transfers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was actually a bit. Looking back on it, it was like normally I get up. I said all this, but I don't know. Get up, get myself ready, pack my bag, you know, rec- like look at what the course is, blah, 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 all of that. But then to have to do that and feed a baby, change a baby, pack all my baby stuff. So it was the kind of, I think it was the moving every day. Mm-hmm. I think if we had, it would have been more manageable if we'd stayed in one place. Yeah. I, yeah, like I said, I'm glad I did it and I've kind of proved you could do both. But it was at the expense of my health, I'd say, sanity. <laughs> More health. I just got, I just got really run down. Um, and I would, I think next time I'd take more time off. Yeah. You mean afterwards? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd start later. But I just, you know, I really don't want. I want to be a mother. I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. She's too young. I don't want to leave her. Like you don't get these years back. Yeah. And for me, that's. You know, I've, I've got to earn money, but at the same time, I want to give my daughter the best start in life, so I want to be around more, mm-hmm. basically. So how was that really? i glad I did it, wouldn't do it again. <laughs> Fair enough. And um, what's coming up for you, race-wise? Fla- so, so this year, I've kind of taken more, like I said, it's... Um, I've still got the, you know, track and the, the, the contracts, but I'm doing more, I'm doing quite a lot of, I guess, creative production, or maybe just production work from home, in that I'm... All... She's giving herself a promotion, guys. Is it a promotion, or is it a different role? I don't know, you're like the orchestrator now. You're like, you yeah. here, yeah. everyone's doing yeah, your bidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing, oh, no, it sounds more interesting than it is, it's basically logistics. So because I I need to be I'm going to be much more careful this year and not be on the road as much I'm I'm, I'm using other photographers as well so I'm not doing as much um, so in terms of cycling I'm doing Flanders I think I'm only doing Flanders and Tour de France Femme I think that's what I'm doing but I'm doing quite a few I know this is a cycling podcast but then for Morton as well I do quite a few of the running events, mm-hmm. so um, so I was kind of balancing it with that. But next is Flanders. Cool. No, with so. the other sports, like I mean, I imagine as well, it's quite nice and refreshing to do like something different, and that probably helps you like when it comes to doing cycling. Then again, because you're like yeah, I actually find that doing I'm more creatively inspired when I do do less. If you're at a bike race every weekend, it becomes quite samey. But when you kind of go off and shoot something else and then come back with kind of a fresh fresh eyes, fresh vision then it, it's definitely more interesting um, but yeah, I mean life changes a lot when you when you have a kid and it's, it's worth it, but I do like you can't, I kind of I can't be a 100% stay at home amazing mother or a 100% away, well I can't do it both basically, so I'm trying to this year is trying to balance it. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I quite like the direction it's going. I, 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 I was wanting to do more work from home. 
I'd quite like to have a more of a creative say in a few things that I'm, I'm working towards. I'm working towards that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Flanders and Tour de France fan. Nice. And actually, just to give people an idea, because I actually don't really know this myself, and like I go to races and I'm like, cool, the race is done, and I have to sit in a press room and like use my brain and write, and I'm always like feeling like, oh, I actually wish I was good enough to be a photographer and I could edit and like listen to a podcast, listen to music. But that's probably me just looking over there and being like, you don't have to think about words and putting them on a page. That just sounds way more appealing. I, I do actually like being a writer, for the record, but to let people know, like, what is the actual process? Like, how long does it take? Different for everyone. Yeah. I mean, for me, I don't shoot that much. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm a bit slower. I'm a bit, in terms of shooting, I don't, you know, you can shoot, like, 20 frames per second, which is like... Brrr, and, and with that, you get the moment. Like, uh-huh. you pretty much get everything. I'm kind of more of a... Considered. Yes. Yeah. But then I miss things. Right. But then at the end of the day, I have less to edit. <laughs> so I kind of like to look and think. Before. She streamlined the process. Yeah. It, it, it's more because I like to look and think before I take a picture, which... I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't do, because like, like, when things are happening so fast, then you miss things. Um, but it is different for everyone. For me, I... I I, as soon as I get back from the race, go into, go into the hotel room, basically straight away back up the pictures and start the edit process. Um, I, how do I do it? First I go through, I, I skip through them. I, I load them all up and then I skip through them and if I like one, I kind of fiddle with it and edit it and do that. And then I put them in edit order. So then I have all of the ones that I've edited um, and then I rate them all. So then I rate them all, and then I put them in order of rating. And then I go through again, fiddle with them a bit more, um, and basically cull any that I think uh, shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. But it can take, you know, if you've got 2,000 pictures, it obviously takes much longer. I'm a bit more old school. Give me a film camera, that's my life. Yeah. Have you ever shot cycling on film? Uh, not not official, not commissioned, mm-hmm. just for fun. Um, because you do less things. And yeah. The client's paying you. Now, I think you could probably do it, I don't know if it was a shoot, if it was like a portrait shoot or something, even if it was like a sh- shoot at home or something and it's slower and where you knew you were kind of get, you were going to get the shots. But I think a race, everything happens too fast. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's expensive to edit. I'm edit. It's expensive to develop. Right. Yeah. But I love shooting film. That's how I started. Yeah. Yeah. Like most people shoot on actual priority. It seems I didn't know that. They do what? <laughs> you put the camera on aperture priority. Yeah. I think that's what most sports would do, like sports or documentaries. And like, what is that for people who don't know? Okay, me. <laughs> <laughs> The priority is the aperture. You set the aperture and everything kind of alternates. Basically, it's a set, it's not automatic, but it's... it's a, Cheating. <laughs> you don't have to... You're not fiddling with the aperture and the shutter speed to try and find the right exposure. Right. One of them set and the okay. other one does it automatically. I guess because it's fast, you kind of have to... Yeah, whereas I shoot on total manual. 
So I'm entering okay. everything. Right. But I didn't. But that's just how I feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't really. I didn't know that. I mean, it doesn't matter what other people do, I guess. But Oliver keeps saying to me, "No, aperture priority." Or the other, and I'm just like, "Don't listen to him." Doesn't feel right. You know. <laughs> Sorry, Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I guess like that's the thing is that like, you've got your own distinctive style, and like that's probably part of that is like because you do take the time and effort to like. Not saying that other people don't, but like you, yeah. your your style is definitely your style. Like you can recognise your work. It's weird though because it doesn't. Fit. I am incredibly impatient as a human, <laughs> so it actually doesn't make sense <laughs> that I don't. But but for sure, when I'm taking pictures, I'm a bit more. But I use it as a. For me, it started as a form of therapy. Basically, it was like the only thing. I've said this so many times, but it was. I realised it one day. I thought it's like the only thing for me in life where I'm totally present flow state yeah like nothing yeah. else matters mm-hmm. nothing else like I take like whatever I'm taking a picture of that is that's what matters in that moment mm-hmm. um, I guess a form of mindfulness yeah and I really don't want to lose that mm-hmm. and I think for me if I started shooting like a machine gun I'd probably lose that yeah yeah that's fair for me but then you get these other photographers who get these insane, incredible, amazing moments that I don't. So. Yeah, but if everybody got the same ones, that would also be boring, no? If everybody did I the guess. same thing. Yeah. yeah, you work across both men's and women's with Trek, but. Okay, but you seem to mostly do women's nowadays. Is that because you. What, what is it? What's different about it, I suppose, compared to the men's? Or like what? Was it like working in one or the other? Are they I think, different? Yeah, I think I know. I think for, for, for me, I just know the women's team. I, I, I guess I'm thinking of it as more as a... Um, um, it's more about kind of feeling comfortable and lifestyle rather than images if you know what I mean or it's a bit of both I feel I feel really comfortable with the women even though the team keeps changing I've been with them since the day they started um I like well I don't know maybe they think differently but (laughs) I get on with them well and um and I feel comfortable with them um and because of that makes my job so much easier I think I mean even though there's new riders I think they trust me Mm -hmm. which helps a lot um, I just know them better. And when you know someone better, they're more comfortable around you. The pictures yeah. are better. More natural. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, but in terms of women's racing, it's my background is men's racing, so it is relatively new to me. Um, I find it really exciting. I, I think women's sport needs it more, mm-hmm. much more. Uh, it's far less chaotic. <laughs> really? In what way? Well, have you seen the end of the stage of the tour? Oh my god! Oh, you mean like all the other yeah, people, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. staff and yeah. everything around? No, them. I mean like the more, more the fans. And... The oh, oh yeah, right, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, um, so yeah, it's just like oh my god, it's such a fight. It is such a fight. That's why it? I don't work in men's. Catch me in a scrum, never. No, I've been in a few scrums, and I'm not big enough to kind of. Um, so I don't know I feel like I can relate to the women more I just they're just nice humans it's just such a nice team to work for it does seem like that yeah Yeah. I just really like like, 
it's yeah like the other night there was no room for me on the staff table so I went and sat <laughs> you can't sit with us <laughs> so I went and sat with the riders uh-huh. and that was just really nice it was like yeah. this, you know it didn't feel like staff riders it was yeah. more like I could go and sit with them and they were chilled and well, I hope they were maybe they weren't I don't know <laughs> but like I hadn't really um, Spratty and Randa Spratt I is obviously new to the team and I don't really know her but I sat next to her and we had a bit of a chat and it was really nice just to kind of it's those conversations you know having a chat over dry pasta and chicken and then Jojo's <laughs> <laughs> favourite by the way yeah and then the next day it just makes it more comfortable to get on the bus and mm-hmm. be like hey how are you like and start taking pictures yeah yeah um, yeah I guess because the last thing you want as a photographer is someone like being really aware that you're there if you're doing yeah, this kind of thing yeah, and, yeah. like if someone's like really tense or like awkward about yeah. having a photo taken it's probably not going to be the best outcome sorry I was thinking I took one of Amanda and in the background was a was a topless lady and I didn't notice <laughs> topless riders that really quick. it was really subtle but the rider sent it to me surely that's actually quite hard to avoid on the bus like what? accidentally I've never done it before and really? then I got a, and then I got a message from Taylor and she's like hee hee and then I was like oh my god I'm oh wait so- you put it on I was, I, yeah, I, yeah like I sent that to, I didn't mean to <laughs> I deleted it and I, I was like oh my god I, I was t- Taylor was like don't worry it's okay we found it funny but I had like a mail there and I was like I'm so sorry so unprofessional but I've managed to avoid it for five years that's good going, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. I have no interest in taking pictures of... You don't want to start on OnlyFans? Yeah, <laughs> naked athletes. Um, no, I don't... In all honesty, I don't normally go on when they're getting changed. Okay. Even though, like... Is that because you're terribly British? And... Yeah. <laughs> I don't... I kind of... They do that... I, I don't even really go on before they get changed. I tend to go off on after... When they're putting on the last bit, it's like the jersey or getting their yeah. legs rubbed or, I don't know, putting the helmets on. I mean, to be fair, if they're like full gas, like getting changed, like naked, you're not going to... What am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tend to avoid that. But yeah. Um, I can't remember what your question was. Um, Something about why I like to photograph women. Oh, there we go. I think that was it. That, I think you've answered it. I think I've answered I think, it in think... about 20 minutes. That's all right. Um, yeah. No, yeah, I think that was good. We've um, we've learnt a lot. I want to apologise though because I am I feel so shell shocked this morning. Shell shocked? No, maybe that's the wrong word. Stunned. Stunned by what? Not just life. Just I don't know. You know when you wake up, I, I don't really drink, but I feel hungover. You know, like a headache. I'm just exhausted. I'm just like that's how I feel. So I, yeah. I feel my brain is on. It's okay. Slow motion. I think I think I feel like that as well. To be honest, I think it's the. I think it was our bike Something ride. Something in the air injury. Yeah, honestly, we, we knackered ourselves in an hour and a half. It was our 30 kilometre flat bike ride. Completely flat, wasn't it? That's quite embarrassing. <laughs> oh well. It was fun though. Um, yeah, and on that high note, <laughs> thanks for coming on the podcast, Jojo. Thanks, Amy, for having me. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Come um, back anytime. I'll probably accost you at Flanders or something. Yeah, do that. I need some mates. Um, nice to get a different perspective on races that's not kind of like us or riders or kind of people who are like doing the racing or talking about the racing it's like people who present the race in a visual way so yeah and it's I never it's hard to imagine sometimes what a day is like for a photographer on a on a race like that so 
good to get that kind of insight sounds like much harder work than being a journalist it does and that just like completely did away with my perception that like photographers get to just like sit there like listen to music or a podcast chilling and editing photos like it sounds really intense so yeah hats off to anyone who's a photographer in cycling anything else to talk about this week well we've got some more racing coming up this weekend haven't we we obviously didn't touch on Shada Bianchi very much because everyone look, else has done it it's everything been done. everything's been said we're late to the so. party <laughs> yeah but um yeah we've got racing up in Drenthe today and tomorrow so Drenthe act today and then the world tour race Ronda van Drenthe tomorrow which it's crazy having these world tour races every weekend it's so busy but um yeah I'm looking forward to that it's it's not quite as classic-y as some of the other races because it's not super, super hilly, but there's some cobbles in there and if the weather remains as horrible as it is, then it will be a tough race. Oh my goodness, yeah. Hopefully the snow has been cleared. Mm. I've, heard it's, I've heard it is warming up and the snow is melting. That's my, uh, okay. my intel. And it's usually quite a sprinty race, hey? so it's, that's why it's super sad that Charlotte Cool's not racing because it would have been really good to see the return of that little showdown between, well, little, no, that showdown between her and, and Weavers and also to add Balsamo to the mix because the three of them haven't raced each other this year so far. You're frowning as if that's wrong. No, no. I, I'm just having a feeling that Drenta is where Charlotte Cool kind of had a really big, like, breakout result. No, it was, it was Drenta van Westerveld, Drenta Act, in 2021 when she came second and that was kind of um when she burst onto the scene in a lot of people's eyes um just remember she had a really good end to that season when loads of stuff was was back back ah, yes. at the end of the season so these it's a real shame actually I mean I don't know why I'm saying that she's not racing so it doesn't matter now <laughs> um but yeah would have been nice to see her but yeah do we think it's going to come down to Balsama versus Vibis be interesting to see them go head to head in a you know, in an unimpeded way, because we think about Binder last year when Lorena's bike was broken or something. So we don't really see them oh, yeah. have a straight run in it all that often. Yeah, the spoke situation. Yeah, I think it'll be also a good way of seeing head to head the speed difference and whether we can include Balsamo in the same conversations as Cool and Weavers, because there's a bit of a question mark, I think over that like she obviously won those two stages of Valencia and sprints with um Ilaria Sanguinetti her new kind of lead out rider but when it comes to Weebers and Cool who are like kind of the out and out sprinters of the peloton um it'd be interesting to see how Balsamo measures measures up at least only against Weebers but yeah who else yeah. is on who else is racing that's kind of a potential um some of the italian sprinters like bastianelli is racing again she's obviously been um going well i think we're missing well and to be honest half half of the uae team because you've got consoni gasparini um will all be up there there's naturally a lot of sprinters starting because it's that kind of race but it is kind of hard to look past Vibus and Balsamo. But you never know, because things can go kind of wrong in races like this. So 
Is that yeah. a prediction from Tilda? Let's bookmark that one. Come back next week. <laughs> what that you never know what can happen. Yeah, look, no, that no, that he can't look past Weavers and and Balsamo. Well, if so, I if mean, somebody else gets up there, look, okay. <laughs> they're, the, they're the obvious choices you know there are a no, lot of sprinters are. there but there's they a lot are. the problem is is that you look at this list of sprinters and there's loads and loads of sprinters that get top 10s every week there's not many that win mm-hmm. so yeah yeah very yeah. true um but yeah remember it's on saturday not sunday i'm getting really confused yeah these saturday races man but you were saying you like it yeah i don't mind it because then you have a uh, the rest of the weekend afterwards but I also d- never wake up on a Saturday ex- expecting racing day. So That's I'm true. working, so I better not forget. <laughs> Everyone spam Tilda, make sure she's working. Yeah, come on for all of the cycling news, live coverage. Tell me that I'm getting everything wrong. And if there's nothing on it, you know that Tilda slept in that day. <laughs> she's very professional, she will be there. I think it starts at 12, 12 noon UK time. So okay, well, you better be aware. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I watched all of Charlotte Bianchi. Thank you very much. So I'm, I'm, I'm changing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I guess we'll be back next week to cover anything that happened there and cover the news. And who knows? Maybe we'll have a guest. I feel like this episode has been especially chaotic this week, but. That's okay. International Women's Day will give us a break. Um, look out for the newsletter every Friday and also Wednesday if you're a paid subscriber. Uh, all the details will be in the show notes. Anything else to say before we leave it? I think we're done here. All right. Thanks to Jojo for coming on. Yes. Thanks to Jojo and thanks to you guys for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.